This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes, sir. That's me. I'm the host. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Listen, boys, I wasn't going to hop on. I wasn't going to do it. I decided to do it before Christmas. I wanted to recap. I wanted to end the year. I wanted to go over the bad beats. You know, it's easy to talk about when you win. It's really hard to talk about when you lose. And your boy, your boy took a little bit of a beating this weekend. So I want to go over the card. I want to give my appreciation. We'll go over some of the things that are happening at MMA. Uh, yeah, so this is going to be it. This will be the the final podcast this week. Um, obviously Christmas is this weekend. Merry Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, if you are Jewish, happy Hanukkah, uh, happy Kwanzaa. I, I don't, I, I don't know all the, uh, all the other things. I say Merry Christmas. I don't say happy holidays. Listen, if you get offended by Merry Christmas, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not a Christian, but I celebrate Christmas. Um, Jewish people, happy Hanukkah. You know, if you saw most Jewish people, I, you know what? I'm not going to say that. I was to say most Jewish people that live in my part of the town and my part of the world, they celebrate both, which I think is great. Uh, I know atheists that celebrate Christmas. So I'm going to say Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you get offended by that, go fuck yourself. All right. Uh, listen, we're going to recap the show or the past weekend UFC. Was it Vegas 19? Whatever whatever it was on the uh, on the 19th. Tim won again. He ended the year as the champ. Got to give it up to him. Mad handicapping skills. I broke down everyone's record on the year. We're, we're percentages. I'm a math guy. I just got out of the shower. This is off topic, but my hair is driving me nuts. I don't know how people live with long hair. Like dudes. Like I'm going to literally have to start like. I never thought in a million years I was going to be a guy that buys hair accessories. I'm going to have to start buying like like a headband to get my face. I, I did that the other day. My wife makes headbands, you know, for children. And I put one on uh, without it decorated. And about cut the circulation off of my head because my head's so big. So I looked at I looked at dicks uh, to see if they had like, you know, just like little thin headbands. It's all women's, obviously. And I'm afraid that if it's one size fits all, it's just going to cut the circulation off of my head. I'm not going to be able to fucking think. But uh, it's better than having my hair on my face. It drives me absolutely nuts. Obviously, if people are like, why don't you cut it? I've made it this far. I can't cut it. I can't give up. I'm not a quitter. I'm going to grow it out. I'm going to cut the fucking thing. Excuse me. Just bump the mic. And I'm going to donate it to cancer. So, or people who have cancer that need wigs, um, whatever, you know, locks of love is what everyone knows. I've done research. Locks of love apparently isn't all that great. So we're going to go somewhere else. There's a, there's a couple of things, uh, a couple of things I looked into, but anyway, that's not here or there. I just, uh, it's in my face and these headphones are pushing the hair up and uh, it's a fucking wreck. Anyway, uh, your boy took some bad beats. I don't want to stay too long. I'm not going to go on a big rant or ramble. We'll go over the weekend's card. We'll go over the bad beats, and uh, we'll touch on a couple other little things. And then, um, you know, some fights got signed. I guess we'll start there. Michael Chandler versus Dustin Poirier, or what? Michael Chandler versus Dan Hooker, excuse me, is going to co-headline the McGregor Poirier card. Nothing official. New Zealand is coming out with this information right now, like New Zealand Times or whatever the fuck. Uh, obviously Dan Hooker is from New Zealand, so I'm going to go ahead and believe it. That's a sick co-main event there. Um, hopefully that leaves Gaethje and oh, uh, Charles Oliveira. Right before I hopped on here, Devin, 
you know, Devin, the, the big fucking loser of the, of the, of the pick him. He, uh, said that Anthony Pettis is testing free agency, which basically means he's going to, um, go to Bellator for an absurd amount of money and fight Benson Henderson like four more times and then call it a career and, and, and go into, uh, oblivion because, I mean, listen, Bellator's making some good signings, I guess. They are they are the second organization. I get it. If they want to throw out money, cool. But um, I think if you're Anthony Pettis, you're young enough, you bounce around different weight classes, you want to stay active, the last place you want to go is Bellator. Um, but you know what? Get the money, man. You know, get the money. If they're going to pay you absurd amounts of money, main event against the same guy every three months, I mean, you know, that's, that seems like a pretty – easy gig um so that's really it that was really really the only topics right i mean dana white came out today and and did the uh do i feel low energy i'm drinking soda right now i just got a shower i felt so comfortable in there i don't know what it is but dana came out today and released the three main events for january they're going back to fight island thank god seems like every time they go to fight island there's no the, the COVID restrictions are Definitely a little more in place. Oh, gosh. I apologize. I fucking twisted this thing and it squeaked. Yeesh. Uh, that was really loud in my headphones. Hopefully, it didn't just send chills down your back. Hopefully, this. Hopefully, you're not into ASMR. If I did, I just made you come in your pants because that was brutal for me. I hated that. Um, but no. So, three main events in January. There's a Wednesday card, which I kind of love. I got to work early on Thursday, but that Wednesday card, you got to love it. <clears throat> so, three... Fight nights in, uh, or one pay-per-view, two fight nights on Fight Island in January. I don't know if they're going to extend that into February or not. I'm assuming they're going to go back to Vegas. I don't know. I don't think anyone knows, but that's pretty cool. And another thing I want to hit topic on, kind of turning the MMA, Twitter, not really against each other, but everyone has their different opinions. Dana White tweeted out a video of um, any, any name names in the video about media shitting on the UFC about continuing the going. He sh- took shots at Bob Arum, Josh Gross, Brian Campbell, a bunch of these other media members that, that went after the UFC when they said that they're going to continue to put on fights. They got fights to make during the pandemic and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, I loved the video. It's so Dana White to do that. Obviously, the one thing I didn't like about it was it made Dana White like this like superhero figure. I don't know if... I would like to believe that his ego isn't that big enough that he had to, like, that was, like, his choice. Um, But I really don't know. It might have been. He might have been like, no, I'm going to be the focal point of this. We're going to hammer it home. (laughs) And uh, I I hope that's not the case. It might be. I I hope not. But that's the only part of the video I didn't like. I love people who have listened to the show from day one. Follow me on Twitter. I hate MMA media. I think they're all fucking scumbags. They're all two-faced not all of them, some of them, most of them. And, uh, you know, and, it's, it, and they're so negative towards the sport. They're so negative to the UFC. I said on the podcast before, Junior Dos Santos headlined a pay-per-view in Boise, Idaho years ago against Blogger even often. Every media member is like, oh, my God, why am I watching this? This is terrible. UFC, blah, blah, blah. And then if fucking Roy Nelson and, Roy, and Junior Dos Santos headlined a Bellator pay-per-view in Connecticut, the media is going to go, this is pretty good card. You know what I mean? They, they're so non-transparent. It's unbelievable. Um, UFC is the number one show in town. And, uh, you know, and for some reason, just probably because of Dana White, they don't like that. But 
Dana White put out that video taking shots at media members. Obviously, every media member is upset. They're like, oh, this is just, you're twisting my words. And haven't you been doing that the your entire career with Dana White? Haven't you twisted his words the entire time? Is Dana White always right? Absolutely not. Does Dana White lie? More than likely, he's a fucking promoter. Yes, he lies. Not more than likely. Yes, he has lied. He's a fucking promoter, right? But haven't you twisted his words before? Haven't you done interviews with him and writ, wrote, written, 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 written a misleading headline? That's all these guys do, right? They will, on fight night, write a misleading headline to make it seem like a fighter's out. You have to read two sentences till you finally get to the point where it says their coach or their cornerman or whatever tested positive. Not them. So I love that he went after these people. I, I don't think the media member really <clears throat> get they don't get hold held accountable. And you don't see Roger Goodell doing that. You don't see um Adam Silver doing that. You don't see all these other people really doing that. Dana White is the motherfucker that's gonna go do it. The MMA, UFC, MMA is a different sport, right? It's different. You don't play this sport. A lot of kids can't, you know, go, let's go play MMA. Like, you know, you can go pay, play a pickup game in basketball. MMA, someone's going to get hurt more than likely. I mean, you could wrestle, you could grapple and stuff, but for the most part, you're going to get hurt. Um, we're different, right? Fans are different. And I think a lot of the fans, I think you you have a, a definitely like a real split. You have a really smart, intelligent fans that can read between the bullshit, between the media members. Then you have the fans that will be against the UFC and, and anything Dana White stands for. And then you'll have the real dumb idiot fans that will be, be against just anything the media member says. I'm on the, I am more with the dumb fans against the media members because I've seen it for so long of what they have done to tear Dana White down. I'm sitting here talking on his microphone because of Learns of Fertitta, because of Dana White, because of Frank Fertitta, Right. Um, if without them, the sport, the UFC wouldn't be where it at. I mean, who knows if Scott Coker would have led strike force and strike force would have been the number one thing or, um, those fucking, uh, when Kimbo elite XC, who were those fucking scumbags that it was a father son duo that ran the elite XC. It was before Coker. Uh, I can't remember the one kid was like a choke, uh, a choke head, a coke head. And he was literally like screaming and crying when Kimbo got knocked out by Seth Petrogelli. I forget their names. But, like, imagine if those guys run the sport. Love them or hate them, Dana White has impacted all of us to get to cover a sport that we love. And I'm sitting here taking time out of my day, taking time out of my wife, my kids, to sit here and talk to you for the simple fact that I love this sport. I don't get paid for this. I, you know, I pay to do this. But I love talking about this sport. It's the greatest sport in the world. I love interacting with the the people who who message me and we're growing and like-minded people that love MMA. And without Dana White, without the Fertitta brothers, not just this year, but all time, we wouldn't I wouldn't be here. I guarantee it. I'd probably be, you know, maybe, maybe I mean I was in, in the wrestling when I was a kid. Maybe I'll still be in the WWE. I don't know. But um, I think a lot of people forget that because Dana White's such a polarizing guy and, and he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I get that. But 
Um, also, I love that he went and took shots at these guys because they don't know how to handle it. You know, they just they just don't know how to handle it. Like, you really think like you're gonna write an article or you're gonna send out a tweet that that might be clever or might be you know bust Dana balls a little bit? You really think like Dana's gonna give a shit about that? Probably not. Like he just bodied you with this video that he had some editor put together, and he just you know I just I, I agree with it because I think the media members are um, scumbags is is what it is. They're scumbags. They only look out for number one. They want the clicks. And, uh, yeah, there's comebacks. All right, let's get to the fights. December 19th, last fight of the year, 2020, wrapping up. After I get through the card, I'll get through the stats of what we, uh, me, Tim, and Devin have picked. Main event, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Jeff Neal. Awesome fight. Um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson put on a fucking clinic. I, lo- I mean, I love this guy. This guy, not one of my guys, not one of my favorite fighters to watch, but Jesus Christ, his striking is unbelievable. He got a five-star. Five-star rating, baby. He got a five-star. Jeff Neal got a three. Only because I feel like Jeff Neal could have done more. I really thought there was... I thought defensively he did as best as you can. And I just really thought there was more in there. Um, and I know he got headbutted. I know um, he didn't have his corner. He, you know, a lot of things went wrong with him. And he's coming off of, you know, that that septic and, and, and all that stuff. Septus, but... I thought he could have done more, right? I really did, but I had Stephen Thompson in this. I, I had him on the way. It's the only few. It's the few bets I won this weekend, but I thought he looked phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I, Kenny Florian brought up, a, <clears throat> brought up a good point today on the podcast. Sometimes Stephen's so tuned in that he'll like lose focus a little bit, and then like you can almost see him kind of switch off. And then Jeff Neal was laying us some shots. Stephen Thompson to me doesn't have the best chin in the world. I don't think he's chinny, but he is thirty eight. But his style is so unique. There's not going to be many people like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and, and his striking is just world, absolute world class. Fucked up his knee, leg, whatever he did, and uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He still <clears throat> he still powered through. <clears throat> Excuse me, coronavirus. Um, awesome performance, and I really like Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal proved that he's a main event fighter. You got to get him in there with someone that's going to stand up with him. Him and Robbie Lawler will be a fucking sick fight. Put him in the main event. You can main event this guy now. Went five rounds, didn't gas, was in good shape, just couldn't solve the puzzle. Wonderboy Thompson, which not a lot of people can do, at least on the feet. Tyron Willie did it, grounding him, hurting him with some power. Um, and, and obviously Anthony Pettis knocked him out, but that was kind of a fluke thing when uh, – when when Wonderboy is actually winning winning the fight, um, but yeah, I, I five stars all around for Wonderboy Thompson. He's thirty eight. Matchups are going to be important. He does get banged up a little bit. He missed a year, broke both both hands. He thinks he tore something in his in his leg. Hopefully, it's not a quad tear. Those take forever to heal. Um, I don't really. He's a big enough name. And he's a main event fighter. Where I don't know necessarily if he needs to take three or four fights a year. I don't know how active he needs to be, but I would like to see him maybe fight twice in twenty twenty one if that's possible with the injuries. Get him high-ranked guys. A lot of people are saying the the bad, baddest motherfucker versus the nicest motherfucker. They've already fought. I don't want to see it again. Um, give me Stephen Thompson versus, like, um, oh, God, I, I should pull it around. My my brain isn't isn't all the way there. I feel low energy. Should I, should I re-record? I mean, you, if, you, if you guys are hearing this, then I didn't re-record, but... I, I just showered. I guess I got real comfortable. You know, this is what fucking two kids do to you, man. Two kids would do. I, I you know what UFC? I don't want to go to your store. Quit doing that. Let's look at one one uh, one seventy. Stephen Thompson's five. Leon's fighting Cosmo. <clears throat> Kiesa, Magni matched up. Neil just lost. Pettis. Bilal Muhammad would be an interesting name. Let Bilal, who's ranked now, jump the line. Get Stephen Thompson. 
Masvidal, Colby. Colby and Steven Thompson's really good too. Gilbert's obviously getting the shot. I think they're going to do Colby, uh, Masvidal beginning of next year. Big pay-per-view. Burns, Kamaro. Maybe they'll do that on the same card. Leon versus Cosmo's fighting in January. Tyron Woodley's washed. I mean, listen, Damian Maya, he's ranked seven, but I mean, I don't really know about that. I think Bilal Muhammad, give Bilal Muhammad a shot, Stephen Thompson. Let, let let Stephen Thompson heal up. Maybe let Bilal win a win a couple fights, a few fights, and we're there. But fantastic performance, the in and out, the movement, the 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 pace that he capes uh, with with the movement, it's unreal. Co-main event: Jose Aldo versus uh, um, Marlon Chito Vera. Aldo got a three. Marlon got a two. Um, I picked Marlon. I betted Marlon in a parlay, an underdog parlay. Uh, obviously, that, that failed out. That was just like a kind of a Hail Mary parlay. That wasn't a bad beat. Um, I thought Jose Aldo won pretty much every round. The second round could have been close, but he won the first, definitely won the third. Second round could have been a little close, but a lot of people did give it to Aldo. Aldo's body punching is is phenomenal. Cheeto, <clears throat> this is kind of the Cheeto I thought was going to show up with, against Sean O'Malley, right? Sean O'Malley... As much as I love the guy's skills, he proved to be a little soft because, you know, he got kicked and, and that was kind of it. Chito Vera, I think, is a really tough, durable dude, but I, I don't think he's this super well-rounded guy. I picked him because I thought maybe Aldo's done and shot and, and, and Chito was going to walk through some of his stuff and maybe catch Aldo, but in the exchanges, Chito just didn't really have the best boxing. He had some good kicks. He's long for the division. Tried to take Aldo down. Wasn't going to happen. He's a black bone on the ground, but when Aldo got his back in the third round, like he couldn't get out of it. Um, you got to do everything you can to get out of it. You're on that thing for two minutes. You look up the clock. He has three minutes left. Two minutes left in the round. You got to do something, right? Like, I don't have the answers. I don't have a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but you got to fucking figure something out. He kind of let that go, and he kind of can hold his hat like, oh, well, he just held me that third round. Yeah, but that's MMA, dude. You got to get out. Um, unimpressed with uh, Chito Vera. He got two for the simple fact that he might have won the second round. I thought it was a competitive fight until the third round. Otto looked good. He didn't look great. He's definitely slower, um, but he still has those body punches, which is a new wrinkle to his game that he was – Ever since really Jeremy Stevens, he's really added it to his game. And when he fought Petrion, the champion, it was it was fairly close in that first second half of that the or first half of the second round. And then Petra kind of started getting his timing, really took over, just a younger, more aggressive, powerful fighter. Um, but I didn't think I would have looked terrible in this fight, but um he's I mean he's not getting more than a three for me. All right, next up, uh Michelle Pelaer versus Chaos Williams. A little bit of different supporting fight. Everyone was excited for this fight. Um it was a little underwhelming. To say the least, Michelle Pereira is is a fucking wild man. Cass Williams, a lot of questions to be need to be answered on this guy. Of course, Devin immediately turned his back on him, said he stinks. I think it's a tough matchup. I think Cass Williams, he's eleven and one. Now he's eleven and two. That's his twelfth fight, thirteenth fight. Excuse me. There's room to grow. He's still in Michigan. That's not a big camp up there. He has tremendous power. He has good cardio. His takedown defense is obviously a little something we need to work on because Michelle Pereira is not a, a great takedown guy. Um, and then uh, Cass Williams, though, needs to be a little more urgent in there when he wakes when he gets up. I thought the game plan was a little bad for him. I thought he was um, just really want to counter, which is fine, right? But Pereira took some of your shots, right, off some of those counters. And I think that's when you, you got to go for it. I thought the, the times Chaos has looked good is when he went for it. However, I think Cass Williams won this fight. He, he, he literally outstruck Pereira on every single measure there is. Yes, he got taken down. Yes, there was that weird submission at the end of the round. You can't give Predator that round because of that. I thought Cass Williams landed the bigger shots, and I thought he stalked Predator. Predator just moved a lot but didn't do anything. 
I said it was a robbery on Twitter. I, I'm, I'm going to walk that back a little bit, even though I do think Chaos Williams won, um, just for the simple fact that he was more active and he landed more strikes, and Pereira did nothing with the takedowns. He had that one submission threat. It was a weird exchange. It was a weird um, scramble at the end of the round. I don't think that was close to being finished, but he, that's the only really threat he had. And Chaos was throwing bombs in there. Didn't really wobble uh, Pereira. Pereira took some shots. So his face was a little fucked up. Very close fight. I'm going to walk back the robbery claim. I missed out on about 800 bucks here. Okay. It's about $800. Let's talk money. Let's talk fucking money. He was in my underdog parlay. I had two of the other fights right already. And I needed this one. Right. I wanted this one. And uh, I missed it. I missed it by a fucking... Why couldn't the judges be shitty for this one, right? You know, a lot of people had Pereira. A few people had chaos. More people were on the Pereira side. I think I am obviously too close to the situation because I had money on the line. However, I I, 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 I got to rewatch it, okay? But I'm going to say Chaos Williams won. I'm going to say I got robbed, and Fandle owes me $800. All right, next up, Marlon Marais was Rob Font. Uh, Rob Font got four. Marlon Marais got one. Marlon Marais, ugh. Ooh. Um... Hmm. Okay. So I don't know if he's a wash fighter, right? I just think he doesn't like getting pressured on. Like he wants he he wants to th- hand out the beatings. The minute he gets beat on, he doesn't like it. Rob Font, he came out with a good game plan. He started taking Rob Font down. Rob Font, I don't know if he was expecting that. Isn't the the he's in a world class wrestler, really good boxer, and then when Font worked back to his feet, Marais was a little tired. Um, you can tell he carries a lot of muscle. He's pretty big for one thirty five, and then Font just took over the hands. Marais started throwing some wild shit because it was like fuck it, I'm tired. Let's go. His chin's just not there. He never really had the best chin in the world, but his cardio I think is the bigger issue. Now Font, on the other hand, went out there and looked fantastic. First round knockout over Marlon Marais. Regardless of him being shot, this is a former, you know, number one ranked 135er in the UFC, outside the UFC, former champion outside the UFC. Um, fought for the belt in the UFC. Like this guy is a legit dude. He's young enough. Um, I just think there's a lot of confidence issues going on with Marlon Marais right now. He left Jersey, went to American Top Team. I don't think that really suited him all that well. Cause I think Mark Henry is one of the best, if not the best, um, defensive boxing coaches out there. He's going to get his guys right. Like Frank Yeager, Frank Yeager might have a wash chin. Frank Yeager might be on the, but he is winning. Like he won that really close fight with Pedro Munoz. A lot of that has to do with Mark Henry's strategy. I think going to American top team, getting away from New Jersey, I think it's going to hurt him a little bit. Hasn't won since he's been an American top team, but more importantly, I want to talk about Rob Font. This is a guy who I've questioned why he was in the top 10, top 11, Hadn't fought in a while. Has fought some really good guys. Has dropped some ugly losses, but he's getting better. That New England cartel, when one guy in the gym really sparks something, it just it, it's just the confidence level. Like Calvin Cater is really good. Rob Font's really good. Tyson Chartier is a really good coach. I don't know how many bodies they have in there. I'm sure there's going to be some other guys coming out of that gym eventually, but that's like a hot little hotbed right now, that New England cartel, the guys in Boston. Usually when fighters were in Boston, they'd get out. They would go west. They would go to Florida. 
Now these fighters are getting homegrown, and, and, and I fucking love it. And Ralph Font's a player at 135. I want to see him fight a lot of people. I mean, Sean O'Malley's the tip of my tongue. Don't know if Sean should get that because Sean's not ranked. Um, I think that would be a really interesting fight for me personally. But uh, Josie Aldo, uh, Ralph Font's not ranked fifth, by the way. Uh, Josie Aldo, who had a great performance, I think that would be a great fight. Ralph Font, Josie Aldo. Frank Yeager, who just signed a fight, Corey Said hanging. I think the winner or loser of that, Cody Garbrandt, even though Cody's going to be maybe at 125, 135. He's kind of got a big name right now. Pedro Munoz would be an absolute sick fight. There's a lot of guys at uh, 135 that would be absolutely bangers. Uh, A a Marab fight would be a little interesting to me because Marab is... Just such a dog in uh, Boston versus New York. I mean, I know Marab's not in New York, but he trains in New York. Um, you got wrestler versus, you got grappler versus striker. I mean, that that's a fight that would kind of weed out, like, who's the man? A lot of people are going to say Marab doesn't deserve it because he hasn't been in the UFC in long. In long and I, I understand that. Rob Rob's earned his way up there. Um, but if I, if I had to book it right now, it'd be Joe Zad or it'd be Marab. All right, next up, you got Jillian Robertson versus Tyler Santos. Santos. Uh, I got this fight dead wrong. She dominated Robinson. Robinson had some uh, some really good submission attempts, just couldn't finish. And Santos just seemed bigger, stronger, was more prepared. Uh, or not more prepared, but was well prepared for the submissions. Jillian's no joke off her back or on top, and 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 Santos really held her well there. Three and two. I had Robinson here. I did not bet her, but I picked her in this fight. And uh, yeah, I mean it was it was a, it was a good fight. It was a good ground fight, and I like Jillian Robinson. Like, listen, I got to get better. No excuses. Got to get better. I kind of like to. She took responsibility for the loss. I kind of, you know, I kind of respect that a lot when, when fighters do that. Next up, Marcin Tabur versus Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy gets a big fat fucking bagel, a zero star. Fuck that guy. Marcin Tabur gets three. Listen, um, I think the argument could be made that Greg Hardy doesn't have knockout power. Who is he knocked out besides that former NFL or in the contender series? The, the Lane guy, Julian Lane, Justin Lane, whatever his name was. He knocked him out. Like he turned his, he got his back turned, knocked him out, right? And then he knocked out Juan Adams. Like who else is he knocked out? You know what I mean? Like, who the, who the fuck is this guy knocking out? Um, he had Tybor, who's been knocked out numerous times. Three, I believe. Three or four. He cracked Tybor with hard right hands, and Tybor didn't flinch. Didn't go down. Um, so the question is, does Greg Hardy have pillow hands? I think that's a question that needs to be asked, and I think the answer is yes. Obviously, the story of this fight was Tabora. Many got to the ground. Greg Hardy just quit. That's, that's the, I don't care what you say. Timbo. Champ of the podcast, guy I respect his opinion. He likes Greg Hardy. He he picked Greg Hardy in this in this matchup. He bets Greg Hardy. A lot of people doubt Greg Hardy. I am harder on Greg Hardy than probably some people. I know a lot of people don't like him because of his backstory, and that's the reason why I don't. I did give him credit because you watch a guy like Nate Robinson, who's a high-level athlete, get in there and try to box. He just can't do it. Greg Hardy did look good in the stand-up. His hands do look good. He is catching along, but this is MMA. And he was very arrogant coming in this fight. He was saying he was calling out Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua. Say he was going to go box, um, overlooking Tybor a little bit. And the minute the fight hit the ground, it looked like he has never done ground training in his life. He was exhausted, right? And he curled up. And that was his way of saying, all right, save me. He's like, I'm not going to tap, but come save me. Uh, I, I, I'm not moving. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do this And the pictures afterwards of how exhausted he was. I love it. Right. That humbled him a little bit. I mean, listen, this is MMA. You got it. That's the hardest part of this. This fucking sport is the ground game is the wrestling. You got to get that on point in Tybora. Everyone, me, Devin, everyone knew 
what he wanted to do. He wanted to get the fight to the ground. He's a big boy himself. Greg Hardy is a freak athlete. He's huge. He cuts to 265. Thought he could get away with his athleticism because there was a takedown attempt in the first round and, and Greg was very big and strong and shrugged it off. Second round, though, once he gave it that takedown, it was over. He It was a wrap. He fucking, I mean, he, he quit. It, that's, that's what it is. He fucking quit. I don't care what you say, he quit. All right, next up, Anthony Pettis versus Alex Morono. P- Pettis got a three. Morono got a one. I, I maybe should have, again, I give these fight up. I, I don't change my mind. Pettis, I thought, looked pretty good. Looked confident in there. First round was a little wonky for him. He got taken down. Um, got back up. Morono, though, is a guy who's just, he's just there, kind of. Um, I, I just never been overly impressed with his skills or whatever. And then Pettis should have finished it, could have finished it with that spinning kick, which was beautiful. Morono got wobbled a little bit. But, you know, Morono, uh, you know, survived a little bit. He's a vet. That's what he's going to do. He's going to survive. Not impressed with Morono. Um, Anthony Pettis, I was impressed with. He got three, though. Again, didn't like the word on fire because he wasn't really fighting a guy. You know, he's fighting out tomorrow, let's be honest with you. And he was a minus 225 is what he closed at. I, I know that's high. It's a two-to-one favorite, but... That should have been close to three, should have been close to four. Vegas really went cheap on that. Um, I had him in a parlay. I had Pettis in a parlay. So I obviously won that, but, you know, um, I, I, I didn't win the parlay. That was my big parlay. That was the slime ball. I had him in the slime ball, and uh, I got I got not screwed, but, you know, we'll talk about it when I get there. I had Penny Kazad versus Sajar Eubanks. Two and one. Penny got two. Sajar got one. Sajar Eubanks is one of the most frustrating fighters. I think she better. I think she's better than what she thinks she is. Her cardio looked a little weak. Her, I thought she should have maybe st- stood up with her from the get-go instead of wrestling. Um, I know Panny is, is really good at boxing, but Sarge is just a bully in there. She could have bullied her, and she didn't, and, and that's why she lost the fight. Um, I thought it was a close fight. Uh, I, I thought it could have went either way. I, I don't remember if this was a split or if this was unanimous, um, but I thought I saw it could go either way, but uh, I did not bet Sarge. I had her picked, but, uh, yeah, that sucks. All right, next up, Deron Wynn versus Antonio Rowe. This is the fight. This is the motherfucking fight. So, Duran Wynn is becoming the guy, the thorn in my side type of dude. I gave the pick out when he made his UFC debut. He beat Eric Spicely. Barely. A buddy at work who doesn't know anything about MMA. He was signed to fight Daniel Stewart. Brian, who's your sure thing for this weekend? I said, buddy, there's no sure thing in MMA. But I'll give you a guy because I believe... The line was fairly close with Stewart. I can't remember. I think Stewart was the underdog, but I gave Durant. He lost a split decision or lost a decision. My buddy thought Durant won. He wrestled him, but didn't look good. He gassed out. Then he fights Cheryl's Merskart. Very confident in the Merskart fight. Gets choked out. So now he comes against Antonio Royal, who for some reason I was very confident. I made him my mortal lock. I put him in my parlay. I had him as a prop to finish. And Arroyo looks like he has never trained wrestling a day in his life. Greg Hardy looked like his wrestling trainer. It was, and I know Deron Wynn's a a fantastic wrestler. It was 5'6 for 6'3. Deron Wynn had all the leverage to get onto those doubles. I understand it, right? Fantastic wrestler, Deron Wynn. But they both got really tired. Antonio Royal was landing everything on the feet, no matter what he did. He still was throwing kicks. He still was throwing knees when he was getting taken down every five seconds. He completely gassed out. The minute it hit the ground, he quit. No more, no more submission attempts. Why? And then he would finally work his way back to the feet. Duran would just take him down again. I think he had 12 takedowns or something. If you're Antonio Royal, if you're that dumb fucking idiot 
Why would you throw knees and kicks? Box him up. Keep your hands low. Deron Wynn was throwing maybe, I don't know the punch stats, but Deron Wynn on the feet threw maybe five punches. Put your hands by your hips, right? And just start throwing at this dude. You could be literally, literally a foot away and hit him before he can hit you. Deron's quick and Deron has good takedown. Now, Deron got a two because I don't think he looked all that great. He did nothing on the ground either. Arroyo, a complete joke. This was my big, big bet. So I had Arroyo, I had Pettis, and who else did I have in that parlay? Excuse me, let me let me try to figure this out here. So I had Arroyo, I had Pettis, and I had um, Stephen Wonderboard Thompson. Those were my three eyes in my slime ball parlay, and I went heavy on. I'm talking put units that I had in my FanDuel and then put more units in from my bank account. I was that confident. On the, the Friday stream, I said, how does that lose? Tell me how it loses. I put my reputation on it. And Arroyo fucked me. I was too confident in Arroyo to run win. Listen, I you got to do what you got to do to win. I get it. Um, but... He's a thorn in my side, man. I gotta, I gotta maybe just steer clear drawn win fights from now on, right? Um, and then my underdog parlay was Rob Font, um, Marcin Tybora, and Chaos Williams. And I was a Chaos Williams away from winning 100 bucks. And I only put a little bit on that. I didn't go crazy on that. I went pretty heavy on props, pretty he- heavy on single. I won a Stephen Thompson single bet. I lost the the Chito Vera underdog Hail Mary parlay, which you know. I think Cheeto lost, and so did um, so did um, um, Jamie Pickett. So that that didn't matter to me anyway. Uh, it wasn't like Cheeto was the cost me that, but and then I went straight on Jamie Pickett as well. I was very confident in that fight. This is Tafan. We'll get to that next fight. Tafan and Jukwe versus Jamie Pickett. Tafan got two. Pickett got one. I, I went all in on Pickett. I had him single. I had him in a hail mary parlay at the at the very end there. Just threw a couple shekels on him. Wilmington, North Carolina, dude. I thought he'd come out. I thought he could outwork Tafan. Wrong. It the fight went exactly how I thought it was, just opposite. So Tafan outworked Jamie Pickett. I thought it was gonna be the other way around. Tafan is a pretty thick dude, cutting down to one eighty five. Jamie Pickett is a big dude too. Um, I thought Pickett was gonna have a little bit of a reach and, and stay on the outside and stick a move, but he completely gassed out. He ate some big punches, big kicks, and uh, did get finished. Has a good chin, but. Just doesn't have an old overall well-rounded game. Tafan's a guy who I think I'm going to fade for a while. He's going to have to do a lot, and I'm talking a motherfucking lot, for me to switch my mind on him. I think I'm going to fade him for a while. I just, I mean, what else? I mean, you can't bet him. I can't certainly when he when he when he comes in 2021. All right, we got uh, Jimmy Flick versus Cody Dern. Jimmy Flick at four versus Dernan. Again, here's the star system. Second fight of the night. It was a flying triangle. I got a little happy. I wrote four down. I love a good flying triangle. However, re-watching the fight, Jimmy Flick was pretty much losing every second of that fight. Cody Durden just it does not have the highest uh, IQ. And Jimmy Flick, his stand-up looks really rough. His grappling is is really, really good. And, and he he takes chances. And he's a, he's a character. Uh, I think he like wished everyone a happy birthday or some shit like that. Um, but... I probably shouldn't have give Jimmy Flick a four, but again, it's the gut reaction. This was the second fight of the night. The first fight of the night was a little bleh, and I was fucking happy. And I think also too, I did hit the sub. I uh, the prop I had Jimmy Flick plus one thirty five 
as a prop. But again, I lost so much money that it, it didn't even matter. But at the second fight of the night, I hit my first bet. And I'm like, here we go. Off to the races, boys. Um, first fight of the night, Christian Jericho's versus uh, Carlton Minus. Carlton Minus got a zero. Uh, he would even if he won, he would have got a zero because his name's Carlton and um, Jago's got a three. Really had to heart this one out. Catch weight. He's a big dude for that for that weight class. I know they fought up. Where they fight? What was a one sixty four? Was it? I think it was a 160, 165 catch weight. Jago's took this fight on like Wednesday, right? And minus has zero takedown offense. This was like the zero takedown offense. Do these guys know that they're fighting MMA? Like Carlton minus might get a little bit of a pass because. His opponent switched on him, but he got taken down in his first fight pretty easily, and he got taken down in this quite easily. Uh, Jagos had submissions all day. I don't know why he didn't go for him. Antonio Royal got fucking manhandled by Munez and, and just decides not to learn wrestling or grappling at all. That fucking bozo. I'm never going to forgive him. And then you got Greg Hardy with just, I mean, his takedown offense is okay, right, because he's big and strong and powerful, but once you get there, he's he fucking he just floundered. All right, so like I said, Tim won. Props to Tim. He finished the year as the champ. The strap stays with him. Um, very exciting. We're gonna change the rules up a little bit next year. Um, you know, sometimes it gets lost in, uh, on me as well. Is that we're not just picking fights to be right. We're picking fights so you guys can make some money. So we're trying to. I'm trying to come up with a system that is going to force people like Tim and Devin and myself to really risk it, right? Because that's the only time you're really going to hit something in MMA betting is if you really take a chance, right? It's easy to play it safe. Any asshole can go on Twitter and pick all chalk and maybe one favorite just because he or one underdog just because he knows that underdog's name. That's fine, right? Anybody can do that. I used to do that. Before I had the podcast, I'd get on Twitter. I'd get on Facebook. I'd give my picks out. They, I went back and looked back in like 2009. I, give, I was giving my picks out. They're all fucking chalk, right? I mean, that's all they are. I was just picking the names. And I don't know if I was right or wrong or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Any asshole can do that. So with you guys giving us your time and your ears, I want to make you guys money. I want to line your fucking pockets right um and that's that's my goal i bet i gamble every single fucking card so i do my due diligence i if i if you're winning i'm winning if i'm losing you're losing that's just the way it is i like when people fade me sometimes too um because i like another part of gambling is is you, you being right like every man every fucking alpha wants to be right you know the money's cool but oh you think so-and-so's going well, i think this guy's gonna win and then being right is really cool too so with the pick them, you kind of have that d- dynamic because Devin doesn't bet. He doesn't gamble, but he wants to be right. Like he knows MMA. He picks, he does the research. I'm trying to get him to gamble because I think he can make some decent money on that because like I said, he loves this sport. He lives this sport. Sorry if you heard that weird thing. My hair is driving me fucking nuts. Um, he lives this sport. He loves this sport. And um, I think he could do really, really well. Um, but he doesn't gamble. So he picks um, just to be right, essentially, just to win a competitiveness. Tim gambles everything, and so do I. But we're both tuned in, and we want to be right as well. Like Tim, me and Tim, we, we bought those fucking plastic UFC belts, 35 bucks. And every time Tim wears it, I get a little jealous because I have one too, but I can't wear it because I haven't beat them yet. You know what I mean? Like, we're alpha, not even alpha males. We're just dudes. Like, I've, I've been competitive my whole life. 
Um, no matter what it is, I'll play, I'll go play my wife in fucking Monopoly and I'm not going to bed at three in the morning until that bitch is bankrupt. You know what I mean? Like I'm not stopping. I'm a competitive person. And I think I found the, the guys that are competitive too. So we want to bring you the competitive edge and also the edge of let's take some risk. Here's a calculated risk. I've done the research. Here's who you should pick. So let me break down our numbers. We'll go with Tim first. So Tim picked the least, right? So Devin and I did every pay-per-view. Tim picked the least amount of cards. He did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He did eight cards with me. One of those cards, him and Devin were on the same team, essentially. So they might have not all been Tim's picks, but he, he did 88 fights. He picked 88 fights um, on the podcast. He was 56 and 32. That's 63.6% right. Uh, out of those picks, he picked 29 underdogs. 16 of those were right. I'm going to put all these on, on I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a graphic. I'm going to put all these on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well within the coming day or something whenever I get around to it. But 16 to 29 um, of his underdog picks, right? That's 55.1% of his underdogs he was hitting. And his biggest dog that he hit was plus 250 on on, on uh, Nicholas Darby recently. He hit, he hit that. I'm not sure if he bet at that fight, um, but he was the only one on that on the podcast. That was a podcast where... Uh, my, my daughter was born. So Tim and, and Devin just did it. I gave my picks out. Um, but I didn't, I didn't record the podcast and I was on Dana Rodriguez. He was my mortal lock and Dolby won that fight. I know it was, it was a decision. A lot of people thought maybe Rodriguez won or whatever, but, uh, that was his biggest win plus two fifty um, uh, for, uh, for Timbo. All right. So Devin, Devin picked 148 fights with me. He did 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. He did 13 cards with me. He picked 148 fights. 87 were right. That's 58.7%. So he's almost at 60% of fights, picking almost 150 fights. That's pretty good. And then his dogs, he had 31 dogs. He picked 31 dogs. 18 out of the 31 he got right. So when he picked a dog, he was 58% right picking uh underdog so he was pretty consistent throughout 58.7 58% almost 60% through the year his biggest underdog on the year was uh Jan Blahovic. he had Jan Blahovic over Dominic Reyes um it was a solid pick and uh Tim Tim had Jan as well however Dolby was a higher uh higher underdog at plus 250 so Tim did have uh Jan Blahovic as well um but those are good numbers I mean Tim picking over I know it's a when you do percentages, you also got to factor in how many, you know, how many more fights you guys are picking or whatever. Regardless of the, if you slice it, I mean, they're the both. I mean, Tim almost picked hundred fights. Devin picked almost one hundred fifty. I mean, you know, sixty percent and over sixty percent is pretty fucking good. Now we get to the big dog. We get to me. So <clears throat> I picked four hundred forty-eight fights this year. I went. Uh, I got two hundred and fifty-one right. 56.3%. Now I said, I think I gave this update like halfway through the year, maybe not even halfway through the year. I don't remember when I gave it, but I said, I want to get to 60, right? I think I was at 58% picking. Um, I obviously dropped down 2%. So I'm not happy about that. Next year we're getting 60%, but picking 448 fights and getting 56% of them, right? Um, not bad, right? Not bad. So that's not, that's not crazy. My biggest dog of the year who I bet it, and I didn't put a lot on him, but I did single him up was Fabrice Redoom plus 275 over Alexander Gustafsson. Um, my worst bet of the year, which I don't have this down for Devin and Tim, and I don't have this written down for me, but, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you it's, uh, it's, um, 
Max Rokoff. Max Rokoff, Rothkoff, the guy who quit. I had a lot of units on him. I was I was all over that guy. Uh, and for my dogs, I had a hundred. I picked one hundred thirty-seven dogs this year. Fifty-six dogs I got right. I cashed on fifty-six dogs. Every time I pick a dog, I usually bet it some way or another. Um, usually not straight. No, no, no. Excuse me. Usually not in a parlay. Usually straight. Sometimes in a parlay. Really depending on. Um, what I want to do, the slime ball parlay kind of came up late in the year where I was hitting on that, but 56 out of 30, that's 40%, 40% on the uh, underdogs I was hitting. So that's not great numbers. Um, I thought my numbers would be a little better. Listen, 50, 50, picking 50% of the year, picking every single fight out of 448 fights. That's not crazy. That's not bad. 40% of underdogs. So I got to clean that up a little bit. Um, I gave a lot out cause I'm, I'm, I'm dog chasing, be a dog. Um, so that was the year right there. I'm again, I'm going to post all these on Instagram, on uh, Twitter and everything. All right, that's it. That's the show. 44 minutes. Listen, guys, the year's over 2020. It's been a crazy year. Coronavirus, you know, everyone's had been affected by this. Everyone's lives have changed. But thank you for listening. We we're, we're continuing to grow here. Um, it's just me in a spare bedroom talking to a microphone about a sport that I love. I went over this in the beginning and it's it's I just was telling my wife this. It is it's amazing that I have people that message me that listen, that like it, that, you know, that, uh, you know, make me a part of their day. It's, it's, it's wild, you know, and I'm not a humble person. Okay. I, I have, I'm not modest, right? Um, I have an ego I have, but it really does truly blow me away. Um, that people from Australia, people from all over the world, listen, like it, agree with me, maybe even disagree with me, which, which, which is fun too, which is fine. You shouldn't agree with anything anybody says. And then they'll message me, you know, either Twitter or um, Instagram or reach out to me any kind of way. And it's, it's just an awesome, awesome thing. I encourage that. If you listen to this podcast, please reach out to me. I want to, I want to be friends with you. I want to know you. I want to talk fights. It's my favorite thing in the world. Next to my family, it's my favorite thing in the world, right? I absolutely love it. It's such a diverse world fighting is, and there's so many storylines. There's never an off season. We, I mean, I know we got a three week break, but the NFL's got a fucking six month break. The the MLB's got a six month. You know, we don't have to wait that much longer. Three weeks is nothing. We'll recap. We'll regroup. We'll start a new year. We'll win some fucking money. And uh, I just can't thank you guys enough. I, I I truly, truly mean that. You know, if this ever, ever turns into money, if I ever make a dime about this, I'm just going to put it right back into the podcast and I'm just going to create even a better show. 2021, again, we're revising the rules for the Pick'em. We want to do it where it's friendlier for you guys to make money, also do your picks, also be entertained. I'm going to try to put more video content out um, and uh, you know, I'm, I, I, if you want to, I, I'm, I've, I've made shirts for the past two years. No one's been interested in them. I just made two shirts. I'm sending a shirt to, uh, the gentleman in, in Australia. I forget his name on the top of my head, but he won't, he, he rated the podcast. I'm sending him a shirt. I redesigned it. It looks fucking awesome. So if you want a shirt, let me know. I'll send you a link, but listen, guys, it's amazing. 2020, even though it sucked, I had a new girl, new little baby girl born this year. Um, and I couldn't be happier. Listen, I hope you guys are well. I hope coronavirus didn't fuck with you guys too much and affect your lives. If it did, I'm sorry. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening. I really, really, truly appreciate it. This is probably the most honest moment you're going to get from me because I, I truly mean everything I'm saying right now. Blows me away that people from all parts of the world, not just the country, not just Ohio, 
all parts of the world um, listen to me, and it's it, it's an amazing thing. So I really appreciate it. That's it. Final show of 2020. We will be back with the MMA Takes Awards probably not next week, maybe the week after, first week of January. We'll hit you with the MMA Takes Awards. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm building that now. Um, if you're looking for fight of the year, if you're looking for knock of the year, probably not the award show for you because you can go get that anywhere. I'm doing kind of, we do a little different awards around here. Okay. All right. Thank you guys. Happy new year. Happy or wait. Yeah. Happy new year. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever the fuck. See ya. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.